Thank you for checking out our podcast here at Eastern Assembly of God Church in Baltimore, Maryland. If you'd like more information about our church, you can find us at www.easternassembly.org. First of all, I want to personally say thanks to all of you here. And by the way, welcome home. I see uh, quite a new, new faces who this is your first time back with us in uh, what would be four months by now, and we welcome you back home. We're so glad to have you. Can we just say welcome to those who are joining us today uh, right here in the sanctuary that haven't been back? Come on, just put your hands together and say welcome home. So glad. I want to personally tell you thank you for your continued faithfulness. Matter of fact, two weeks ago I noticed that we had some extra missions money, and uh, how many know one of the best things you can do during a time of need is to continue to be generous? Right, so we sent $2,000 to Mike Braun in Africa, $2,000 to Key of Hope. How do you remember the, the kids' ministry that was here? Um, South Africa has been shut down, and there's a lot of families around their center that have been relying on them. $1,000 to the Steins in, Philipp- in the Philippines and $1,000 to the Edsons Transition Home. And thank you for your faithfulness that enables us not just to continue ministry here, but around the world. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I know Pastor Kelson mentioned Wednesday nights, but I'm going to begin a new series on Wednesday, and I'd like you either here or watching online. About five or six years ago, I did a Sunday morning series called Follow the Prompt, and I am going to redo that series, kind of revamp that series to take us through the rest of the summer on Wednesday nights, because it's really important that you learn to recognize and respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Understand, those who are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So don't you think it's important that we learn how to recognize his voice? So whether you can be here on Wednesdays or whether you tune in, please don't miss that series. Amen? So this morning we're going to look at a very familiar parable. Abby gave us a little insight to where we're going, but I want us to read it together. Follow along on the screen as I read. It says this. At that time, say at that time. We'll explore in a little minutes in a few minutes what that time is. But at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, in Scripture, the bridegroom is always symbolic of Jesus, okay? Jesus is the bridegroom. We are his bride. Do you know in heaven there's going to be a great wedding called the Wedding Supper of the Lamb? And we will be eternally united with our bridegroom. Somebody say, woohoo. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Okay, who wants to be foolish today? Okay, who wants to be wise? All right, at least you were wise enough not to raise your hand for being the foolish one. All right, good job. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Can I just say this morning, if you look around what is happening in the world, it is not a good time to fall asleep. Well, I need a little help this morning. Come on, somebody. Now, the 11 o'clock crowd has got to be louder than the 9 o'clock. They just woke up. Come on, somebody. Amen. All right. Not a good time to fall asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. Say for yourselves. 
I'll come back to that. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head? Even if you're watching online, would you bow your head? I want to pray. One of the keys to, at this point in our service, is, is getting something out of what I'm about to say, is just opening your heart to the power of God's word. The Bible says it's like a two-edged sword. So, Lord, would you let your, your word accomplish? Father, what your will is in heaven, would you let it be done right here on earth, Father, in the hearts of our listeners today? In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. So Jesus began the parable saying, at that time. So again, when I hear those words, I want to know, at what time? What's he talking about? Well, that parable is found in Matthew chapter 25. If you have a red letter Bible, which means that it records the words of Jesus, you will notice that chapters 24 and 25 are all red lettered, meaning Jesus is talking the entire time. And those chapters are connected because in Matthew 24, it is Jesus' great discourse on the end times, just to look at a few verses from Matthew 24. Again, he says at that time, but now he's gonna kind of tell us what time he's talking about. Many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. We know right now, what time is Jesus talking about? Somebody say the end times. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. So Jesus is talking about the end times. He's saying it's going to be hard in the end times. People are going to turn from their faith. At what time is he telling this parable? At the end time, when as Jesus' coming draws near. I had a conversation with somebody this past week, someone who's been saved uh, more than 40 years. And uh, just with the most serious look on their face and with a near tear in their eye, they said to me, Pastor, I am now convinced that I may live to see the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Woo, come on, somebody. Okay, if you believe that, if you believe the bridegroom is near his coming, then you better take seriously making sure you have enough oil in your lamp. Do you hear what I'm saying? Isn't that what this parable is about? Ah, I've heard it before. He's coming. I've heard it for years. But friend, it's hard not to look around and see things are happening. Come on, somebody. God help us to see it today. Now, it says there were 10 virgins that went. What, what does the 10 virgins represent? Well, think about this. A virgin represents purity. So the fact that they were 10 virgins says to me that these are all people who had a born-again experience with Jesus because we know the only way that we could be considered a virgin in God's eyes is for us to have passed through the blood of Jesus Christ and received a cleansing by which he doesn't see us as our sins deserve, but he sees us with the covering of Jesus' righteousness. Come on, somebody. How are you glad this morning when the Lord looks at you, he sees Jesus' purity instead of your own sin. That's why you want to stay under that covering. Amen? Matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians eleven twelve, 12, it says this. I promise you to one husband to Christ so that I may present you as a pure virgin to him. So here we see a little more insight into how you can become a pure virgin. It's only in Christ. How many of you, like me, prior to your salvation, believed that you were going to get to heaven 
just by your own goodness. If someone would ask you, are you going to heaven? You'd have said, oh yeah, I'm a pretty good guy. I know people a lot worse than me. How many of you, that was kind of your position prior to? All right, a few hands, a lot more hands in the, in the early service. Listen, if you are here today or you are listening online and you are basing your confidence to get into heaven based on your good works, can I give you some really good advice? Somebody say, go ahead, pastor. Abandon that position. Abandon ship, if you will. Because if you are relying on your own righteousness to get to heaven, the problem is you have sinned and your sin separates you from God. And there is only one answer for sin, and that is what Jesus did on the cross. Come on, somebody. In Christ and in Christ alone can you be, be looked at by the Father as a virgin. Amen? So these 10 virgins, 10 born-again believers, were walking with the Lord they recognized they were living in the end times, but five are not prepared for the days they're living in. Can I ask a question? Do you, do you believe there's people today that are born again, but they're not taking seriously what they need to do to prepare for the hour that we live in? One, two, three. I, I talk to people fairly often, and I'm like, man, do you see what's happening? We just went through a worldwide pandemic. There were fires in hundreds of cities. I mean, there's crazy things happening around the world. And this isn't, we, we've seen it kind of just building. Man, it, it, don't, don't, you, don't you think it's time you really need to get serious with your walk with God? I may, I may be talking to somebody that I know is kind of, kind of holding back. I know, Pastor, I see it. I, I know I need to, but then here's always the next word. But. But what? but you're okay running out of oil prior to? You're, you're okay? Come on, somebody. I know, listen, it, it, it's interesting. I'm not really on a series right now, but yet my messages the last probably three weeks could have been a series. And, and I, I really, I, I kind of know when the Lord gives me a series, but I, I, I've kind of been going week to week, but I just can't get away from it. I feel like I'm kind of like the, uh, the guy on the corner of the wall, the watchman on the wall. And if you lived in the Old Testament and you lived in a walled cities, those walled cities had, had watchtowers on each corner. And who was in the watchtower? The watchman. And what was the watchman watching for? He was looking for the enemy troops that were coming so that he could blow the trumpet. And when he blew the trumpet, those who were outside the walls doing their thing would come in the walls. The doors would be shut. Armed people would get on the walls with their bow and arrow to have an advantage to strike the enemy. And those inside the wall would prepare for a breach in the wall. I mean, the whole city went into action. Listen, I'm blowing the trumpet. The enemy is on the loose. He is not playing games. He knows his time is short, and he is out to take you down. And what's our answer? Stay full of oil. Come on, Sam. Make sure you have more than enough. Going back to Matthew 24.10, it says, At that time, many will turn. Well, if they turned away from the faith, they, they once had the faith. They ran out of gas. They weren't ready. So all of the virgins had lamps. They were born again. Jesus was their light. But some of them just weren't serious about what they needed to do in the hour that they lived in. How many of you know we're in a marathon, not in a sprint? They didn't have what they needed 
to finish the race. Now listen, think about this with me. So, you, so you've got a lamp. You know it's gonna be a while. You know you ought to take some extra oil. The problem is a gallon, just, just a gallon of water weighs eight pounds. So I'm gonna say a gallon of oil is about the same. So which is easier, just to carry a lamp in and of itself or a lamp with eight pounds of oil? It's easier just to carry the lamp, right? It, 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 there's a little bit of a cost involved. I mean, I mean, how many of you have ever carried, maybe you ran out of gas and you had to walk a mile to the gas station and you're walking back to your car with a couple gallons of gas. What do you do, man? You're, you're, you're switching hands. You're saying, man, this is long. It, it, it's burdensome. And listen, it's going to cost you something to stay attached and keep growing in these last days. You listen? The, the reason the five only took their lamps is because they, they didn't want the price attached with a taking the extra gallon or the extra, as the Bible says, it, jars of oil because it was more burdensome to carry the extra jars than it was just to take the lamp. Right? But who was ready when the bridegroom came? Yeah, the ones. Now, now think about it. The world in and of itself has plenty of examples of people who aren't even saved, but they're willing to pay a price. Think about, think about those who go to the gym. Go to the gym, you say, this, you know, many of the same people, some of them there every day, some of them five o'clock in the morning, and they are willing to pay a price because they want to get in shape. Nothing wrong with getting in shape, just stick with me, I'm making a point, all right? In today's world, people feel the emotional strain of the day we're living in. So weekends, man, we're out of here. So they get the camper ready or they head for the beach. And I mean, they are doing what they need to do to de-stress because they want their soul to be well. Nothing wrong with physical care. Nothing wrong with soul care. But listen to me. Your body and your soul are not the most important parts of your being. Your spirit, where the Holy Spirit lives, is going to live forever. And if to your detriment you take good care of your body and you take good care of your soul and you neglect the most important part of you, extra oil. Come on. Are, are you listening today? Did, did pastor say you shouldn't take care of your body? Did pastor say you shouldn't take care of your soul? What did pastor say? Yeah, make, make sure you're feeding your spirit in these last days, your most important part. Somebody in the house say amen. 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 There is a cost to carrying an extra gallon of water. You know, if you're, if you're in your car, and if your car, like my car, actually tells you how many miles you have left before you're going to run out of gas, how many of you have ever owned a car that the gas gauge didn't work? Yeah, and then you're like, you're like, you have to kind of guesstimate. All right, all right. But in today's world, most cars will tell you you have 12 miles before you run out of gas. And most of them, when you hit zero, you don't even run out. It's like it knows you need a little extra. But nonetheless, if, if you have a car like that and it says three miles and you have 20 bucks in your gas station, in your pocket, and you just passed 20 gas stations down Merritt Boulevard, whose fault is it that you ran out of gas? Yeah, can, can I ask you something today? Is there any lack of spiritual food for those who belong to Jesus? 
Is there any lack? Is the filling station even ever closed? One, one of my weaknesses is, 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 when I say weaknesses, is, is tendencies is, I have no problem falling to sleep. Ask my wife. I mean, I lay down, I'm tired, I go to sleep. Sometimes I wake up at three or four and then have a hard time going back to sleep, especially if it's 4.30. I normally wake up at five anyway. I'm like, sometimes I'll just get out of bed anyway. It's, I'm not gonna fall back asleep. But you know what I found? I found out at three in the morning, you can have sweet fellowship with Jesus. I've never heard him say, not open till 4.30. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm glad this morning that the filling station is open. 2 Peter 3.18 says this, but grow. Is that a suggestion or is that a command? Command, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Now, notice in the parable when Jesus, when, when the trumpet sounded that the bridegroom was near, the five who had extra oil didn't give the oil to the five who didn't. Now understand, this was not a true story, this was a parable. So when Jesus told the parable, he could have said it this way. And the five who had extra oil gave some of the extra to the five who didn't bring enough, and in they all went. But there's a reason why the five who had extra didn't or more so couldn't give oil to the five who didn't have enough. Somebody say, why, pastor? Because I can't grow for you. I can't grow for you. You understand? My, my spiritual fortitude, like I can tell you how I grow. I can tell you some steps that you need to take to grow. I can have you admire my spiritual growth but I can't grow for you. See, see, at that moment, those five who had extra really couldn't give to those because, because you, you can't just impart any more than an athlete in shape can say, well, just let me lay my hands on you and you'll have the body that I have. Now, there are some things we can impart to one another. We can impart blessing, healing. There's things that we can, but one thing we can't, I cannot lay my hands on you and give you spiritual maturity. You, you have to grow for yourself. Come on, just take a hand, just wave, wave and let me know you're still with me this morning. Man, th this, is, this is important. That means all of us have to take responsibility for our own Christian growth. You can look across the aisle and say, man, that person's really growing. You can go talk to them, says, how do you do it? You can take their advice, but ultimately, you have to put it into practice in your own life. Nobody can grow for you. You have to grow on your own. Come on, somebody. Amen? Hebrews 6.12. I gave you the answer there. We do not want you to become lazy. Say lazy. But to imitate. Interesting. Imitate. In other words, learn from how others are. Now, they can't, they can't impart it, but they can imitate it, and you can learn from them. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. In order to grow, you have to make an investment. Now, now there's, there's a bit of a, uh, I don't know what the word is, there's a word for it, but, but it's like, you know, if I say to you, what does it cost somebody to become a Christian? The answer is, in a sense, nothing. It's a, it's a free gift. But on the other hand, to grow in that gift 
it is going to cost you something. Let me say it this way, all right? If, if I walk up to you and I give you a box that has a million dollars in it, this is an illustration. This is not going to happen this morning, just in case you wondered, all right? Uh, uh, don't come to church if you're on online to try to get it on that box. It's not here. All right, so listen. So I give you this box. I says, look, in this box, I just feel the Lord, I just felt like, I, you know, you're the one. It's a million dollars. Now, that costs you nothing. But if you don't take care and guard what you've just been given, it will be gone. It will be stolen from you. Jesus is called in the Bible the pearl of great price. You received that freely when you were saved. But now you are called to guard the most precious gift that you've ever received. To cherish the most precious gift that you've ever received. And to be willing to make a sacrifice to continue to grow in your understanding of how glorious that gift is. Come on, if you're with me this morning, just put your hands together and just say, yes, Pastor, I'm still with you. Now listen, one of the concerns of this hour, and I want to be careful, I want to be careful uh, more so this service because we have online people watching, but I think, I think if I'm careful with it, you understand what I'm saying. Certainly understand why people are being cautious, especially certain people who have health risk problems are being cautious to come back to church because there's some of them that understand if they caught COVID, they would probably die. It's a, ser- it's a serious matter. And for those of you who are at home watching online and you are one of those, what I'm about to say does not apply to you. Amen. A while back, I was talking to somebody that doesn't attend this church, doesn't even live in this city. And they said to me, we were having a conversation. Uh, they know I'm a pastor and was talking about just the interesting times we're living in because churches now reopen and, and just all the scenario. And they said to me, they said, you know, I'm really coming to enjoy church online. And they didn't say it, but I knew exactly what they meant. They said, you know, it's really convenient. Wake up in your PJs, sit there with your Wheaties. And if you don't like what Pastor Ed's saying, there's a lot of other channels. Rob Morris, Furtick, I mean, you watch whatever you want, okay? Uh, it ends, I go, I, I go about my day. It's, it's no-cost Christianity. Are you listening? No-cost Christianity will not make it across the line in these last days. You're going to need a lot of oil, I'm telling you, church. Are you listening? And I, and I, just, I just say that because... Uh, God's heart would be always, you know, that we would gather together, that we would encourage one another. Can I just say, to me, there's no place like the people of God in the presence of God with the word of God. Come on, just just growing together. Can you say amen? Amen. God, help us to see it this morning. You know, we had a, and it's interesting that I, I had this in my notes, and the Rice family is here this morning. We had a wonderful uh, memorial service for Audrey Rice about a week and a half ago, and the Rice family is here this morning to support John. Uh, wave your hands if you're part of the Rice family who's here today. Would you do that? All right, they're, they're, you're here. And there were numerous people who testified. Some of you were here. But, the, you know, the one thing that everybody said about Audrey Rice, and if you didn't know Audrey Rice, Audrey attended here for, for many, many, many years. Wonderful woman of God. They said, Audrey Rice lived her life, Jesus first, others second, Audrey Rice third. I mean, this is a woman who, who not, just, not just for like two years of her life, she got on a good note and, and put the Lord first and others second. She, she went home to Jesus 
having lived a life like that. You, you know why? Somebody say why. Be, because, because in her life, the oil was coming in. So the oil could go out. In, in our first service today, we had a uh, young man here who I've gotten to know. Um, I'm on the board of Faith Bible College International, the little Bible school that I graduated from in Maine. And um, I've gotten to know Duncan, who was in the early service today. He, he headed for home um, after, after the service. But, but, I, but I, I said, and I kind of said this for Duncan, I'm saying it for you all. You know, when I was in Bible school, I noticed after I graduated, there were those students who fared really well. And there were those students who didn't fare so well after Bible school. And you know what the difference was between those who fared well and those who didn't? Somebody say, what, Pastor? Those who fared well didn't rely on the atmosphere of the college to grow. They took personal responsibility for their growth beyond just the wonderful classes and the wonderful chapel. These were people that had personal prayer times, that were studying their Bible when they weren't told they had to. Are you listening? In other words, they, they, they grabbed that gallon of oil, even though it was eight pounds, it would have been easy to leave it behind in Bible school. And they grew. So when the atmosphere of Bible college was gone and there wasn't chapel every day and there wasn't wonderful spirit-filled teachers teaching you in class, you knew what to do. You keep growing. But for those who were reliant on simply the atmosphere of the college, and then they went back home, apart from that, they ran out of real fast. You don't have to run out of oil, church. There's more than enough. Come on, somebody. Listen, some simple points. I've been saying this for a couple weeks now. I'm going to skip over these, these. Here it is. A couple quick points. We're almost done. If someone came to me this morning and said, Pastor, I'm a new Christian. I want to grow. If I could condense it, this is what I'd tell them. Nothing new. The question is not, are you hearing it? The question is, are you doing it? Number one, stay in the word and prayer. Listen, if, if I'd walk up to you today, I'm not going to do it, but if I would. If I walk up to you and I'd say, listen, what did you read this week? Could you tell me? When I say read, the, in the Bible, could you tell me what you read? Could you say, man, I, I was going through 1 Corinthians, or I was in, uh, uh, me personally, I went through Judges, and then I, then I went through Ruth. And uh, as I read Judges, I was reminded of just the cycle that's so easy for all of us to get into, that they were into the Old Testament. And, and the cycle was things would be going, going well, so they got complacent. God allowed an enemy to come in and take over because God doesn't want you to be complacent. In the midst of, in the midst of uh, that trial, they cry out to God. And God would raise up a judge who would deliver them from the oppressor. Once they were delivered, they got complacent. And that's the whole book of Judges. Around and around and around they go. That's some Christians. Around and around and around they go. But you can grow. Come on. You, you, you can have more than enough oil. I've been telling you, listen, if you don't have a pattern you use in prayer, I've been giving you one. Uh, use the word pray as an acronym. Pray, praise, repent, ask, and yield. It's simple, but it will help you. Pastor Kelsey already mentioned our prayer calls. Please join us. There were 20-some people this morning. Um, I was in my office, but I was on the phone with, with other people. We were praying together. We prayed over this service. We prayed every, everything that happened. It's awesome. It's a great encouragement to me. 
There's power in united prayer. Amen. Join us. Uh, um, you have the sheet there. You have the information. What's on that sheet right in front of you. Secondly, please don't underestimate the power of our gatherings. Don't underestimate the power of our gatherings. Even psychologists, secular psychologists, are concerned about people's well-being in isolation. The enemy loves to get Christians in isolation. He just attacks and attacks and attacks. I ran across an, an interesting statistic today, and a, a very alarming statistic. Okay, this is from Barna. Barna's pretty trusted. George Barna's pretty trusted. He does a lot of work in churches and surveys. And here's what he has found has happened in the last couple of months. He has found that one-third of those who attended regularly prior to COVID are now disconnected. When I say disconnected, they're not just not attending church. They're not staying connected through online, and there's all kinds of online opportunities. They, 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 they've disconnected. They've run out of oil. Well, that, that'd be a pretty alarming statistics. A year from now, if they gauged how many people have returned to church after COVID and found a third of the entire church world now not, no longer in church, that would be crazy. Come on, somebody. It's not time. How, how many believe that, that God may be using COVID-19 to do some purifying and do some? I preached about this. Yeah, not, not time to grow slack. It's time to stay fast. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more. Somebody say all the more. As you see the day approaching. Number three, serve and be a blessing. When you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. God doesn't fill you with oil so that you can be a fat pancake. Come on, somebody. He wants you to, he wants you to give away what you have. I, I was so proud yesterday of, uh, uh, of those who went with Logan downtown Baltimore City uh, to do ministry. Just a wonderful, wonderful time. Proud of those of you who are doing homeless. I recognize that, that all the opportunities to serve here at Eastern are not quite yet opening. They are opening, but there's just something about being a blessing. You pour it out and give God the opportunity and he'll fill you back up. Come on, how many of you are grateful for the opportunity to serve and be a blessing? Somebody say amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Let me, let me just real quick, listen, I want to talk to you about e-groups. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow sometime in the morning, a, a form will be up. We're working on it. It's almost done. For you to either sign up for an e-group or sign up to be a leader of any group. One of the things we learned through this pandemic is the importance of being in a small group. Because those of you who were in small groups, I was able to call your e-group leader and says, make sure you stay in touch with those in your e-group. Those who weren't in small groups, we had, we had to flounder a little bit more to try to get care for you and figure out how to do that and find you. Are you listening? I'm, I'm strongly advising just for the future, for today and for the future, if you're not now in an e-group, would you get in one? E-groups will kick off again in the fall. They'll kick off on, they're normally two times a month, and, and there's, there's lots of e-groups. If you're interested, please sign up, and we will. And we also need, if, if a lot of people sign up for e-groups, guess what else we're going to need? E-group leaders, and we'll train you on how to do it. Lastly, that form will be up tomorrow. Lastly, here it is. We're almost done. In order to not run out of oil, keep your eyes on Jesus. If, if, if you're feeding on media too many hours a day, 
If you're feeding on Facebook too many hours a day. Come on, I'm, I'm telling you. Listen, th- there is hope for us believers. I- I've read the last chapter. We win. Woo! Come on, somebody. I- I'm not only going to say that. Listen, next week, we're, I'm going to change gears. I have in my heart. I don't have the message together yet, but I, have, but I have the heart. I believe for kingdom-minded people in these last days, there's going to be great opportunities. But if your eyes are on what is happening in the world, you, you, will, you will get in your camper and you'll drive on top of the mountain and you'll, you'll isolate yourself and out of fear. Come on, somebody. But can I tell you, we serve a God who can keep you on the boat afloat even when the dam has broken loose. Come on, study church history. One of the greatest times the church has ever done its job is in the midst of really hard times when believers stood up and says, I'll let you use me, God, but even in the midst of hard times, I've got a testimony to share. I've got, I've got, come on, somebody. I believe it. God wants to help us to be kingdom-minded. You know, I meet with a group of pastors on every other Thursday morning we meet together and one of those pastors has become my friend, Pastor Nehemiah, and uh, they were meeting in an elementary school in Essex, and they, you know, that's pretty much the possibility of meeting in schools right now if you're a church is pretty much gone. So I, I said to Pastor Nehemiah, I mean, you, you realize we already have. We already got a Brazilian church meeting here. We already got a Vietnamese church meeting here. We got a Spanish church meeting here. I said, Pastor Nehemiah, and he says, I'm trying to find a park. I said, till you find a park, why don't you just have church over on our lawn? We did last week. It was great. So... So this morning, they're, they're probably gone by now, but a small group, it's a new church plant, met over in our lawn because in the midst of what's happened, I don't want to lose two things, my love for Jesus and my kingdom-mindedness. And I believe he wants you to do the same. I want you to bow your heads with me, everybody in this place today. And I don't want to assume that everybody who's here today is born again. The starting place in this Christian journey is opening the door of your heart and receiving Jesus for yourself. Just like nobody can grow for you, nobody can receive Jesus for you. That has to be done for yourself. Only you can open the door of your heart and ask him to come in. You say, why should I do that, Pastor? Because only in Jesus can you have your sins forgiven. And only in Jesus can you have eternal life. I'm looking for somebody here today. And God, God's tugging on your heart right now. And he's looking for your response. Somebody here today that says, Pastor, today, this day, I'm going to open up the door of my heart. And I'm going to ask Jesus to come in. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand and make eye contact with me so that I can know to include you in this prayer that we're about to pray? Wherever you are in this place today, come on right now. I'm going to open the door of my heart. I'm going to ask Jesus to come in. For somebody online that said that, Lord, right now, right where they're at, just let them simply just pray, Jesus, come in, wash away my sin, and make me into a brand new creation. And with the surrender of their heart, Lord, you're going to do it in Jesus' name. Listen, if you're here in this place, you're serious about your spiritual growth, or you want to be serious about your spiritual growth. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and take these next few moments 
in the presence of the Lord, just to give God an opportunity to speak to you about anything that he, anything that I preached on today that he wants to speak to your heart. These altars are open. There's lots of, lots of X's down here that you could stand on. I encourage you to come. But I'm going to encourage you before you go out the door that way to spend some time with him in here. Come on, let's do it together.